What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hoopheads Nation, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Knock If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, Cavalier Central, At the Buzzer, and Lakers Fast Break. Plus our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com. Man, that was, that was an interesting game. Um, the Wizards ended up pulling it out um, late in this one. It looked for a, a little bit like they definitely weren't going to win, um, but definitely give credit. Um, a couple guys had really, really good games, um, and the Wizards ended up winning. Um, coming into this game, the Wizards were or the Wizards won 132 to 124. Um, they did pull away late. Um, coming into this game, um, the Wizards were um, 16 and 28, so they are now 17 and 28, um, and they have a two-game win streak, which is it's always a good thing. Um, and now the Pacers coming into this game, um, they have been struggling a little bit as of late in the season. Um, they were 21 and 23. Now the record falls to 21 and 24. Um, I mean, obviously it's tough for them. Um, they've had injuries throughout the season, like Karis LeVert is just getting reacclimated or not even just acclimated, I guess, with the team. Um, but yeah, really, really good win for the Wizards, especially without Bradley Beal, especially with um, Daniel Gafford going down in the middle of the game, which may or you know may not have hurt them. Um, <laughs> or yeah, again, Daniel Gafford is kind of a mixed bag. I'll talk about that um, during the podcast. But just to go over the four factors and or actually no, to talk about the Pacers first. Coming into this game, they're. Um, Point differential was negative point two, which is fifteenth in the NBA. Um, they're eighteenth in offense with an offensive rating of one eleven point seven, um, and eleventh in defense with an offensive rating of one eleven point nine. Um, so yeah, just to go over the overview and four factors type of stuff. Um, the Wizards' um, offense rating this game was one fifteen point two, which is really really good. Um, and the Pacers' offense rating was one hundred nine point nine, which is not quite as good. Um, the Wizards' offense or effective field goal percentage was fifty nine point seven, and the Pacers was fifty three point eight. Wizards' turnover rate was seventeen percent. Pacers was twelve point six percent. Wizards got a lot of offensive rebounds, um, which is a little bit surprising. But I think I kind of have a theory as to why that was. I'll get into that. Um, but their offense rebound rate is twenty eight point three. Um, Pacers' offense rebound was sixteen point seven, and the Pacers just got the line way more. Just 
single-handedly with DeMontis Sabonis. Um, their free throw rate was 24.7, and the Wizards was 12.2. Um, I guess the first thing, or I'll go over some of the box score stuff. Um, Westbrook just had a ridiculous game. Um, 35 points, 21 assists, 14 rebounds. Just a crazy stat line. If you look at it that way, which I don't really like to look at basketball that way, but, you know, I'd... Uh, I'll tell you about it. Um, he had played 39 minutes, was plus seven on the night, 14 and 26 from the field, three or five from the line. Um, so it was 35 points coming on 27 and a half shooting possessions. Really, really efficient, um, which is always great to see from him. Um, let's see, Rui had 26 points um, on 25 shooting possessions, but um, he had a good night. Um, you know, Abdia was fine, um, but definitely better than his. What the heck did I just do? I accidentally clicked on something on my computer. Um, Avdia um, definitely looked better than he did the other night against the Pistons um, in uh, his first start in a while. Um, and yeah, I guess Hutchinson off the bench was good. He had 18 points. Um, I'll talk about him. And I'll talk about Gafford, um, who did go down in this game, but had 11 points in the 15 minutes he played. Um, Neto was also just awesome off the bench. Um, he only played 19 minutes. He had 15 points, 7-9 from the field, 1-3 from 3. Um, really, really good game from him. Um, just to go over a couple of the Pacers guys that are significant, um, Sabonis had 35 points. The Wizards had no answer for him rolling to the basket. 12-19 um, from the field, 10-15 at the line. Getting to the line 15 times is really, really good, uh, obviously. And Brogdon had 26 points, 8-17 from the field, 5-5 five five at the line, 5-10 from 3. Um so yeah, I guess the first thing I talk about is Westbrook. Um, Westbrook is always a mixed bag, especially when you just look at offense and defensive splits. Um, but he had a phenomenal offensive game tonight. Um, there's definitely no taking that away from him. Um, and to me, it all starts with his passing. Um, I don't think he was scoring incredibly well early in the game, um, but just his ability to attack downhill and then find just the weak side corner in particular is um, just really, really high level. I talk about it all the time. Like by far his best skill is his passing. It's not even close. Um yeah, he's, he's just so good in the pick and roll. And something that was interesting that the Wizards were doing this whole game is that they were um, not really setting pick and roll with Alex Len or whoever their center was for the most part. Um, they're setting pick and roll with Rui Hachimura, um, which is something that I would probably like for them to do more in general. Um, but what it did was not involve Miles Turner in the action. Um, when you involve Miles Turner in the action, they actually switch that a lot, um, which is pretty interesting because Miles Turner, um, he can move his feet a little bit on the perimeter. Um, he's like for his size, he's really good at that. Um, he is like you know a more agile, laterally quick big, um, and he's definitely more laterally quick than Demontis Sabonis. Sabonis cannot really guard on the perimeter. Um, what the Pacers will mostly do with Sabonis is they'll like have him kind of like be at the level and contain um, to an extent, but he'll also like drop a little bit, like a couple feet back um, from being at the level. Um, so not really an aggressive scheme, but not also too conservative with a drop. Um, and Westbrook would just attack. Like Westbrook, Sabonis is playing that um, solid pick and roll defense on Westbrook is not a great matchup, um, especially if Hachimura sets a good screen. Um, and then the Wizards would generally have Hachimura roll. Um, he like didn't always have to roll all the way to the basket, roll to like the free throw line area. Um, and then you had Alex Len or whoever of that nature in the dunker spot. Um, and it was pretty interesting because it didn't involve Miles Turner in action, obviously, because you don't want to do that um, with Miles Turner. Um, but then it also um, attacks Sabonis, and Sabonis is not good in pick and roll coverage. That's, you know, his major weakness, his major flaw when it comes to eventually getting to playoff basketball with him is that, like, how does he scale to better teams? Um, and I don't know if he does. Um, that's kind of my question of people thinking Sabonis is, like, such a good player. Um, I don't know how he scales, and he kind of got exposed a little bit tonight in that um, just because he was able to be attacked in the pick and roll so often 
Um, he was phenomenal on offense, just not good at all on defense. Um, Westbrook exposed him. Westbrook did a great job. Um, if they try to pull over, um, if like, so if um, Miles Turner tried to step in the lane to stop Westbrook or stop the roller, um, and then like Westbrook, he knows the reads really, really well. He he makes them in a split second. Um, he knows that the guy from the weak side corner is just going to come over and Westbrook just zings the pass. Um, he just did a great job and he didn't really do anything that stupid. Um, he played 39 minutes um, and he had four turnovers, which um, isn't really that many considering how many he usually has compared to how many times he touches the ball. Um, because in this game, like every time down the court, he was touching the ball without Bradley Beal. Um, and he was like pretty much initiating offense every single time. Um, so four turnovers is not a bad number. He didn't really have any egregiously bad turnovers that he usually does. Um, so just a really, really nice night um, offensively for Russell Westbrook. Um, defensively, oh my God, that's a whole whole other story. I don't really want to talk about it. Um, but here's my question with Russell Westbrook and the way he played tonight. Um, the passing is 100% sustainable. Um, but is everything else sustainable? Um, like obviously he's not going to go out and put up, you know, 35 points every night, but like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's questionable with him because he can attack the rim, but he's not going to shoot four out of five from three ever. Um, he's not a good three point shooter. He shot four of six. He's not going to shoot four of six from three very often. Um, it's really, really rare. We're over a sample size of six threes. Russell Westbrook is going to make four of them. Um, he's generally closer to like 33% ish. Um, if you want to be generous to him, um, which would be two of six. Um, so for him to go four or six is, you know, that's, that's a little bit out there for him. Um, from mid-range, he shot seven shots in the mid-range and was two for seven. Um, that's right about what you would expect from him, maybe a little bit lower. Um, he's right around, like, what, 35% from the mid-range, and that's 29%. Um, so, you know, he kind of expected from there. Um, where he really, really did well was getting to the rim, um, and that's against Sabonis. Um, no offense to Sabonis. Um, also, Bitadze, um, when Goga Bitadze was in the game, Russell Westbrook was definitely able to attack him going downhill. Um, Bitadze is, like, he can move his feet fine um for someone of his size but like not good enough to stay in front of westbrook and westbrook also did a good job you know attacking generally in transition um especially and if a big wasn't there just getting all making sure to get all the way to the rim and trying to finish um that has something that has progressed just this season from him um which is really 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 good to see um so he was three or three right at the rim and five of ten from floater range um overall um inside the paint westbrook was eight for 13 which is really good to get there 13 times um but the rest of his shots he shot um 13 shots outside the paint and 13 shots inside the paint. Um, I'd like that split to be a little more leaning towards shooting in the paint. Um, But Russell Westbrook only got the line five times. How does that add up to 35 points? So he made four threes. That's how it adds up to 35 points. But those four threes are not sustainable at all. Um, Take those four threes away and, you know, make it more like his average, which would be two. Um, All of a sudden he has 29 points, which is still a really, really good night. Um, but then it's on like 29 points, like 27 and a half shooting possessions. And all of a sudden it's not really that efficient. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, sometimes when you're working with sample sizes of like six threes, um, crazy things happen. Um, but Russell Westbrook, um, it's just like when the shot's falling, it's fine. But when the shot's not falling, he needs to do it in a more sustainable way. Um, but you know, if the shot's falling, like, what are you really going to complain about? Um, really good night from him offensively. Now I do have to, um, Two things I love to talk about that people never talk about or people don't talk about enough are passing and defense. Um, Russell Westbrook's defense tonight was absolutely god-awful, absolutely atrocious, atrocious, just like terrible, terribly bad. Um, I have to talk about it like, man, when he gets screened, it's so bad. Like Malcolm Brogdon, there's a reason he got up 10 three-point attempts, all of them pretty good looks because Westbrook was guarding him. Every time there's an off-ball action where Westbrook gets screened, he's just like out of the play. Every time that there's an action where Russell Westbrook gets screened while he's on the ball, he's out of the play. It's ridiculous. It's terrible. It's all like, 
Oh my God. Like it's so painful to watch because Westbrook, like even on nights like this where he plays so well offensively, he limits how well he's actually playing, like how much he's actually impacting the team in terms of winning basketball games because he's so bad on defense. Like if he just tried to get around a screen at all or like tried to do anything off the ball, like he it like play the way he did on offense, he'd be awesome. But like just the defense just limits his upsides to such an extent that like yeah, and it's it's just really really annoying to watch sometimes, um, because the same thing with Bradley Beal. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let Bradley Beal off the hook. He wasn't playing. Uh, same thing with him. He sometimes he plays so well on offense, but he's just so bad on defense. Like Bradley Beal is a lot worse in rotation than Westbrook. Um, he's a little bit better at getting around screens, a little bit better on the ball. Um, they have their strengths and weaknesses, but like, or you know, mostly weaknesses and some strengths on defense. But like, man, like Westbrook just has to be better defensively. Like he, like, I don't know. Like, it's not even, like, I'm not asking him to be good. I'm asking him to be, like, average. I know that Westbrook can be at least an average level of defensive player um, if he really, really tried to put in the effort. Um, and that's just what it's about at this point. It's just effort level defensively. Um, he probably doesn't get called out for it enough just because of stupid triple-double thing. Um, triple-double does not account for defense at all. Um, also, don't even get me started on rebounding. Russell Westbrook, all of his rebounds are basically uncontested. Like, I don't even, I don't need, I, I actually, I do want to look it up. Um, Russell Westbrook stats um so something so something that was pretty interesting actually um this week recently um i think seth partnow touched on it a lot on twitter um something that i think i've written about before is that rebounds aren't necessarily a good stat um rebounds are more of a team stat um and it's about like it's also about the other team like it's just about like where the ball bounces and if it happens to bounce towards you um and you get the rebound like are you really really doing anything so like um generally the best measure of um whether or not you're a good rebounder um, is if you get a lot of contested rebounds, um, if that makes sense. Because like uncontested rebounds, you just happen to be grabbing the ball, whereas um, with contested rebounds, you're actually going up and like getting them around people. Um, and Westbrook, um, let's see. So his hmm. Okay, so I have the stats pulled up here. Um, contested uh, rebounds per game, Westbrook averages two point four. Um, which is 23.6% of his total rebounds. Um, so 2.4 of his rebounds are really good, really highly impactful rebounds. Um, the rest of them are just, he happens to be grabbing the ball as like someone else, the other team is boxing out, the other team is getting back on defense because the Wizards do like to run in transition. Um, so teams will generally not really go after that many offensive rebounds against the Wizards. Um, so just because Westbrook is the guy grabbing them doesn't mean that he's a really good rebounder. Westbrook is not that good of a rebounder. Um, he's an above average rebounder for a guard, but he's not some phenomenal rebounder like people think he is. He's just the one that happens to be going after the ball because the bigs are boxing out because the other team is getting back on defense um just watch for it um how just think about it like in your brain like how often is he just grabbing the rebound just completely uncontested like a five-year-old like i could go out and grab that rebound that westbrook grabbed and how often is he actually going up making like a box out making a play to go get that rebound um around people um and if you really 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 think about that like actively as you're watching him rebound the basketball um then you kind of realize that he's not as good as rebounder like same thing with like andre drummond like these guys aren't as good as a rebounder as a rebounding number say because rebounding numbers are not particularly a completely an individual stat um so i think that's pretty interesting to just to think about as you're watching um, the game. I hope you guys do if, you know, <laughs> you think that's interesting. Um, if not, whatever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess I, I do want to talk about Rui um, because Rui didn't have the most efficient night, um, but Rui has been way more aggressive, which is great. Um, he shot the ball inside the paint 14 times, um, which is really, really good. 
Um, and for the most part, he was being guarded by Devonta Sabonis, and he was taking him. Like, that's a good thing. Um, and he should be taking him. Like, Rui against Sabonis, that's a fine matchup to take. Um, Sabonis is not a very good defender. Um, like, he's fine. He's probably slightly above average, but, like, Rui can take him, especially, like, Rui probably has more quickness than him. Um, Rui, he's strong. Like, Sabonis is really, really strong. Um, Sabonis is definitely stronger than Rui, but, like, I think Rui can probably take Sabonis off the dribble. He got to the paint a lot against... Sabonis was a great thing. Um, he also got in line two times that, you know, he could definitely do that more often. Um, but to get 14 shots in the rim, uh, he ended up making 8 for 14. And that's a really good number. Like, I love that. Um, 8 for 14. I don't know what the exact percentage of that is. That's like what? Uh, that's above 50. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Like 55, 56-ish. Um, but that's great. Um, like, that's all you can add. Like, if he's shooting that well, um, that's efficient offense. He's driving efficient offense if he's getting to the rim um, and doing that. And also, that, like, collapses the defense. It opens up. Um, he still needs to get better as a decision maker, like, on those attacks. Um, but, you know, um, if he gets to the rim and is scoring efficiently, I'm very, very happy with that. Um, he did shoot 10 shots outside the paint. He was 4 for 10 on those shots. Um, you know, leads to a true shooting percentage of 40% because he missed one three and then had nine shots in the mid-range. I don't like that. Um, the announcers love when he shoots in the mid-range. I'm, you know, if he does it a couple times just as a counter to them taking away that drive to the basket, I'm fine with that. Um, but if he does it 10 times, that's too much um, at that point. And you just got to get to the rim more. Um, and he did a great job of getting to the rim a lot. Um, he shot the ball 24 times and 14 of them was at the rim. That's... I'd like that proportion to be, you know, more skewed towards getting to the rim. Um, but I do like the aggression level. It's higher than we've seen out of him before. Um, and I'm happy with, like, before, I early in the season, I was saying that I don't think Rui's ever going to become a starting level player. Um, now I'm more in, intrigued. Um, the way that he plays, especially without Bradley Beal out of the game, just playing with more aggression. Um, it's interesting. It makes him more interesting as a player long term, uh, or even like the next couple of seasons, maybe he can become a starter. Um, you know, so that that definitely makes him more interesting. That definitely makes him more intriguing. He just needs to keep working on the shot, needs to tighten up the handle a little bit for what he wants to be as a player. Um, needs to improve the finishing, needs to improve the decision making, and definitely needs to improve the on ball defense. Um, some of the off ball stuff. Like he he basically he needs to improve a lot of stuff. Um, but he he's gotten more interesting over the past, you know, um few months, um, which is really, really exciting. Um yeah, so I want to see how far I am into this podcast. 15 minutes? Okay, I'll talk, let's talk about the new guys. Um, so the first guy I want to talk about is Daniel Gafford um, because he got hurt in this game and played 15 minutes. It's a little more easier to evaluate. Um, so all the announcers want to talk about is that Daniel Gafford can jump. Um, and that just is so annoying to me because there's so many more intricacies to the game of basketball than jumping and dunking. Like, there's so much more to basketball than that. Like, there's a reason that, like, Derek Jones and Aaron Gordon and, you know, those guys aren't the best players in basketball. Um, like you got to talk about more than that. Like there's so much more to basketball than jumping and dunking. Like, yes, Daniel Gafford jumped and he got four dunks or whatever. Like he was four for six and he got some dunks. Like, that's great. He got the line four times. That's great. But there's so much more to basketball than dunking. Like there's a, ah, man, it's just, it makes me so upset when they only talk about that. They don't talk about the bad things. They don't talk about some of the other good things he's done. Um, it's just annoying. Um, so I'll, I'll start with the good. Um, really, really good rim runner. Um, yeah, obviously, he can get up for lives, but he can also get up for other finishes. Um, he plays with high energy. Um, he runs up and down the floor. That's that's some of the stuff I love out of him. Um, and he's a pretty solid rebounder, um, too, especially on the offensive glass. Um, uh, there you go. He gets contested rebounds, um, and that's a good thing. Like he, I think he's a good rebounder, high-energy guy. I like him as a future backup center. Um, I don't think he has starter upside. Um, the skill level just isn't there. Um, whenever he gets the ball um, and he's not like right near the rim, he doesn't really know what to do with it yet. Um, he attempted a couple floaters, and like one of them he like airballed really, really badly. Um, he just doesn't have a kind of. He doesn't have really any game outside of two feet from the rim. Um, and that's you know that's kind of what you like. 
you know, that kind of that um, role fills out to a backup role, um, which is fine. Like, you know, if you pick in the second round and you get a backup center, like you'll, you'll live with that. That's not the end of the world as a draft pick, um, especially. But trading for one for Troy Brown, getting a Troy Brown for a backup center. Is that really, really what you want? Um, that's kind of my question with Daniel Gafford. Um, at times when he's in position, he's a fine rim protector um, just because of that athleticism. Um, but like he he needs to improve his core strength. He needs to improve his lower, lower body strength. There's a couple times where he got really, really pushed around in that game. Um, there's one time that really stands out where he was playing drop coverage against Malcolm Brogdon. Um, and Brogdon just got into him. He just pushed him right out of the way and got a wide open layup. Um, and that really, really stood out to me as a play that kind of signifies that he needs to, you know, just get in the weight room and work a little bit. And he's young, like he's 21. Brogdon's like, what, 27? Um, so that's kind of what Brogdon's been in NBA strength programs for like, what, four years now, five years now. Um, and Gafford's only in his second year in the league. Um, so that's going to happen. And that's perfectly fine. Um, but he just needs to, you know, he needs to get worried. Like, don't have lofty expectations of what he is. He's a backup center right now, which is perfectly fine. Um, but, uh, you know, don't just, oh, my God. Dude, God like, he went down, and they're, the announcers are acting like he was, like, the greatest player they've ever, like, they're acting like Bradley Beal just got hurt, and that's just not the case. Um, your backup center getting hurt is not, like, a big detriment to your team, especially when you have two centers that are probably better than him on the roster um, right now, just because Daniel Gafford, um, he needs to get better in drop coverage. Um, the Wizards are trying to simplify his role, kind of like what Scott Brooks did with Troy, or Thomas Bryant last year, where he'd just run to the rim, um, try to dunk the ball, um, try to get layups, and then um, just play in drop coverage and protect the rim. Um, that's kind of what they're doing with him. He needs to get better in the drop. Um, there's also another play that stood out where he was in the drop. Um, he was on the guard that was coming to the rim. He kind of like he's like it's kind of like a cat and mouse game when you're in that drop coverage. Um, so he was like stunning at the guard and then he kind of went, he went back to the big too early. Um, and then the guard just got a wide open layup. Like, is that kind of thing where you're in the drop coverage, um, where you have to work on. And like, if we're being completely honest, like his guards don't help him at all. Um, and that guard being Russell Westbrook cannot get over a screen. Um, Hutchinson could have been better getting over screens in this game too. Um, but I'll talk about him in a second. But yeah, when your guards don't help, like it is an adjustment. Um, and I don't know, like I know last season, he definitely didn't play as much in the drop with, um, What's that Bulls coach's name? Um, the one that got fired. The one that wasn't good. I can't even remember his name. Um, Jim Boylan. Um, I know he wasn't playing as much of a drop with Jim Boylan. Um, I think that um, this year, um, Billy Donovan um, probably mixed up the coverage a little bit with him um, when I was watching. Um, but yeah, Scott Brooks hasn't really done that um, with Gafford. They're kind of just, you know playing him a straight drop, which is fine. Um, simplifying his role. The young player um, didn't really know what he's doing out there yet. Um, but again, he's still like, what, 21 years old? Um, so you know, we'll, we'll kind of see where this pickup goes. He also got hurt in this game. It looked like a sprained ankle. Um, hopefully he comes back and is fine. Um, you know, I'll probably take, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but we'll, we'll kind of see what the prognosis is on that. Um, but you know, interesting young backup center, um, is all I see out of him. I don't see some superstar like the announcers love to talk about. Um, but yeah, I'll talk about Chandler Hutchinson. Um, he's really, really interesting to evaluate because he does some, there's no N in his name, Hutchison. I always thought it was Hutchinson. Okay, whatever. That's that's just so weird. Like, why isn't... Okay, whatever. Uh, I'll talk about his game. Um, so he had 18 points in this game, 8 of 11 from field, 2, two or 3 from 3. Um, I said in the last podcast that when he shoots the ball, not even his mom thinks it's going in. Um, I still completely stand by that. Like, I'm not going to go in the three-shot sample that he showed with the Wizards, just shooting from the corner wide open. Um, Chandler Hutchinson is not a good shooter. Um, you don't want him shooting the ball. Like, let's be honest. Like, he shot... Um, he made his two threes, I think, off, I'm pretty sure, both off really good passes from Russell Westbrook, um, just operating in that pick and roll that I talked about. I'm standing in the weak side corner and just catch and shoot wide open. Um, but yeah, Hutchinson, the thing that most intrigues me about him is his ability to cut off the ball. 
Um, he showed it, um, like, I think I talked about it last time. I'm not, I don't remember. Um, but he can, the things that are intriguing on him is that he has some size. Um, he can cut a little bit. He can handle the ball a tiny bit. And he's a fine passer. Like, he does have decent feel for the game. Um, for someone, I don't think he's that old. Um, he's only, what, second, third year um, in the league. Um, I think he spent a while in college. Um, but yeah, um, so Hutchinson, that's where he's kind of interesting. That's why I think he was right around first round pick let me look um i think they showed on ESPN. yeah he was a 22nd pick in the draft in 2018 out of boise state um 24 years old right now um so yeah that's kind of like the thing that i remember being interesting about him but also the thing that was interesting about him is he wasn't that bad of a shooter in college um and he has not been a good shooter at all in the nba um he actually has a smooth looking stroke like we'll kind of see if his shot progresses but right now he's not ready to shoot the ball um at a high level <laughs> definitely not going to go two for three every night like he did tonight um but yeah where he really really needs work is some of his decision-making stuff. Like, he's capable of passing, um, but if you just put him on the open floor, like, ask him to run a pick-and-roll or ask him to, like, run something that's not just a secondary action, um, he can't do that. Um, ask him to run, like, in the break and transition, he can't really, like, he's not going to run a fast break with the ball in his hands. Um, you know, asking him to make these primary decisions, bring the ball to the court, whatever, run a, like, he can't really do that yet. Um, things that are interesting is that he can attack a closeout. Um, but the kind of the question is, like, when teams kind of figure out that, like, he can't really shoot, like, how much are they really going to be closing out and trying to stop him from shooting the ball? Um, so that's kind of going to be interesting to see how he progresses on offense because he does have some things there, um, but not really. I I don't know. So I'm, I have really, really big questions about him. Um, yeah, and then the next thing, the, his defense. Um, he made tons of mistakes defensively. Like, people talk about his defense, or that. I guess that, that's all the announcers talk about is that, oh, he's supposed to be coming. Like, he was not good on defense um, tonight at all. Um, he was not good at all in getting around screens. He was like he was just bad. Um, he got caught like just demolished on some screens. Um, he did not like he his recovery was fine, but the angles he was taking trying to get around the screens like he, there was no p- point in this game where he got like skinny around the screen and just blew up an action the way that um, I will name drop Troy Brown here the way that Troy Brown used to be able to do. Um, also, I don't like how he passed up Bonga in the rotation right away. Um, but maybe they're just experimenting with him um, is what I'd imagine. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think he's good at getting around screens. Um, terrible, like, oh my God. Like, he made just some of his, like, he didn't... I get that he's getting acclimated with the system and everything, but, like, tagging the roller uh, when you're the weak side corner is just, like, a normal thing that every team runs. Um, maybe he, like, no, he was definitely was doing that last year in Boylan's system. So how is he missing those assignments? It's those easy stuff. Um, it's not complicated stuff. So I don't understand how he's missing so many. Like he made like four like really really egregious defensive mistakes that led to really open shots. Um, some uh, most of them around the basket for the other team. And it was just painful to watch. Like he's fine on the ball defensively. Um, but like off the ball, I think he's a mess right now. Um, I'm not. I'm just not high on Chandler Hutchinson at all. Um, we'll see how it goes. Um, but like he played fine tonight. Like he scored some points, a bunch of them on layups and shots that he's not normally gonna make. But like. I don't know. We'll, we'll see with him. Um, this one game, I don't want to like overreact one way or the other too much off of one game um, on either end of the floor. So I, <laughs> that's all I have to say. I'll just wait and see. I was going to shout out Hal Neto. Um, he played awesome tonight. We're already 24 minutes in. Um, I talked a lot about those two new guys. I mean, that's like the first full game that both of them played. So I want to go through my notes super quick and then um, that'll be that. Um, yeah, just just right off the bat, um, they had... Um, Justin Holiday and Russell Westbrook and Sabonis on Ruin. They're just going at Sabonis every time in pick and roll, which is a really, really smart move by Brooks. Um, I really do like um, how they did that. Um, yeah, I wrote in my notes that it was it's kind of tough sometimes with Avdi out there. Um, at one point, he ran off like a pin down, kind of like what they'd run for Beal. He got a lot of space out of it, um, but he just can't shoot on the move. So coming off the pin down, um, he just kind of hesitated. 
um, and couldn't really create anything out of that action, even though he had space coming off that um, that action, um, which is kind of frustrating to see. Um, was his offense struggling to get any good looks? The paint is unpacked and not much creation. Uh, that's what I read in the first quarter. That obviously changed eventually. Um, I talked about um, Gaffin. I talked about. Oh yeah, at one point the Wizards played Hutchinson at the four um, and just switching everything one through four. Um, that was you know okay. Um, at times it didn't really work um, with Westbrook, um, but you know that happens. Um, oh yeah, I wrote my notes. Matthews has great defensive effort a lot of times. Um, but tends to have lapses. Like I think I counted two times where he gave up wide open layups to the other team because he um, just forgot his weak side like help assignments, um, and that's frustrating at times. Like you need to be like I wrote in my notes. Doesn't guard the pain transition, and then Butaze gets a wide open dunk because of it. Um, you know, sometimes just some of the stuff is frustrating. Um, it's, it's pretty basic stuff. Um, basic mistakes that they're making out there. Um, <laughs> and I wrote this in the second quarter. Hutchinson made a shot right after that. Um, Gaffer makes a terrible play in the drop. Um, to give up wide open layup, and then Hutchinson turns over in the backcourt. Um, yeah, I'd, and like the first half was not good for the new guys. The second half was better. Um, I guess just for Hutchinson because Gafford got hurt. Um, Russell Brogdon is a disaster. He's incapable of getting staying with him through any off ball action. I talked about that. Um, Rui has been aggressive, which is great. Um, seems to play on a different level, and Beal is out. Uh, makes me wonder if he should come off. The, oh yeah, um, I think um, Rui Hachimura should come off the bench when Bruton comes back, just to add more shooting with Beal and Westbrook. Um, and then um, have Rui be able to handle the ball a little bit more, um, coming off the bench, give him a little more experience with that, and let him be more aggressive. Um, I think that that the Wizards should go to that. I doubt that they would, though. Um, I also wrote in my notes the defense would suck with that starting group if they inserted Bretons in there. Um, not that Rui's so good at defense; he's just way better than Bretons. Um, Rui's scoring well, but I don't understand why the yeah I don't understand why the Pacers didn't just put Miles um, Turner on Rui Hachimura and just stop him, like because Rui would not be able to score Miles Turner. Um, if we're being honest. Um, Hutchinson keeps making mistakes, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I talked about that. Um, Hero Packers. What? Wizards go to pick and pop. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Pacers. Um, the Pacers went to a couple pick and pops with Miles um, Turner, and Gafford just didn't really know how to cover it. But, like, that's not really on him because he was playing a drop. Um, so that's kind of something that Brooks has to adjust to. But they, they went away from that after it worked. A couple times, so I didn't understand that. Um, I talked about Hutchinson's cutting. Um, oh, yeah, at one point late in the game, the Wizards were in a couple of um, wedge screens to get Westbrook on the post. I... <sighs> Westbrook on the post is such a mixed bag. Like sometimes he makes like when he drop steps or like when he um, just lowers his shoulder and gets to the rim. That's it looks great. Uh, when he lowers his shoulder, um, tries to get to the rim and then kicks out because the defense collapses. It's great. But when he shoots fadeaway mid range off his one foot, like jump shots is terrible. Um, so just his decision making in the post, I don't think is good. Um, but at times it does look good. Um, so it's kind of like give and take. It's always a give and take with our Russell Westbrook. Sometimes he's great, sometimes he's not. Um, and you know, just him in the post is another one of those adventures. Um, was going a holiday in the post with Russ. Um, yeah, I already talked about that. Um, so yeah, that's all I got. Um, the Wizards play again tomorrow. Um, Wizards schedule um, against the Charlotte Hornets uh, without Lamella Ball, uh, which isn't going to be as fun. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. Um, so I'm definitely excited for that game. Um, so definitely tune in tomorrow at 7 o'clock. I'll have a podcast coming out that night or the next day. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HoopsWizardsPod. I'll see you next time.